going on, true crime fans? I'm your host, Heath. And I'm your host, Daphne. And you're listening to Going West. Howdy, everybody. Hope you're all doing very well today. Um, I just want to give a quick shout out to all of you for being so kind and helpful with the unsolved cases that Heath and I talk about on this show. I know a lot of people hate unsolved cases because we don't have resolution, but those are the cases that are the most important to talk about because they can get resolution the more people that hear about them and talk about them. So I just want to say thank you so much, particularly with our last episode, which was the What Happened to Sean episode. We've seen so much love and support for that episode in particular. So thank you guys so much for being so supportive and just helping spread the word on these cases alongside us. Yeah, it's truly amazing that you guys took the time to go over and sign that petition. And thank you to everybody who went to the GoFundMe as well. Um, That really helps with private investigator costs and a lot of different things. So just big appreciation to you guys. Today's case is very, very baffling and it's very tragic as well. And it does need a lot of help. So please share this case as well. As we say with like every episode, you Pretty know, much, we yeah. try to do a good mix of unsolved and solved, but you know, it happens. So, but for today's case, thank you so much to Melanie, 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 <laughs> Melanie, and to Anne for recommending this case to us. We have such a long list of recommendations. So sorry if it takes us a while to get to them, but if you want to recommend a case, you can head over to our email, <laughs> goingwestpodcast at gmail.com. Um, a lot of people leave us messages, and we get so many of them that we don't typically see all of them. On social media. Yes. Yeah, so so please send us an email if you want to recommend a case. But yeah, let's get into today's. This is episode 234 of Going West, so let's get into it. October of 2018, a 26-year-old postal worker went missing in Chicago after leaving her apartment to run errands. But suspicious surveillance footage and a thought-to-be fake sick call made into her work the next day have led her family and investigators to believe something sinister happened to her. This is the story of Kiera Coles. Kiera Michelle Coles was born in Chicago, Illinois to Karen Phillips and Joseph Coles on September 24th in either 1991 or 1992. So most commonly, it's been printed that Kiera was newly 26 years old when she disappeared in 2018, making her birth year 1992. But we wanted to include that there has been some speculation about this and other facts in the case, including the date on which she went missing. So unfortunately, there is a lot of misinformation floating around regarding her disappearance, and she definitely didn't receive the media attention that she deserved when it happened four years ago. So hopefully we can drive some traffic to the case and her family can have some answers soon. Yeah, that's the goal. 
That is the goal every single time. But let's get into what we do know about Kiera's life. So Kiera was the fourth of five children in a very tight-knit family in Chicago. So she had four siblings. And she was especially close with her mom, Karen, and the two still spoke on the phone every single day. Karen described her daughter as ambitious and said she had numerous talents and hobbies that she was pursuing. She loved to do makeup and was the designated makeup artist of her friend group. So for like any kind of occasion or night out, Kiera was helping everybody look their best. Kiera was very active on Snapchat. In fact, when you search her name, many of her pictures have those cute Snapchat filters on them. And she loved to dance and just really be in the spotlight. And down the road, she wanted to pursue a career in media as long as, according to her mom, Everybody could just hear her voice. But until that happened, Kira worked full-time as a letter carrier for the United States Postal Service. Kira had worked for the post office since April of 2017, so for a year and a half until she went missing, and had recently transitioned from part-time to full-time. She was stationed at the Charles Hayes Post Office on Exchange Avenue in the South Shore neighborhood of the south side of Chicago. South Shore is situated about a 20-minute drive directly south of downtown Chicago, and Kiera's post office was just two blocks from Lake Michigan. When she wasn't working at the post office, she also drove for Lyft part-time, which is a car service I'm sure all of you guys know, as she had incurred some pretty big expenses lately due to the fact that she had recently moved into her own apartment, bought herself a car, and she was also three months pregnant. So she was really out there working as hard as she could as many hours as she could to support herself and prepare to support her baby as well. Yeah. But she wasn't completely alone in this. I mean, she was very self-sufficient. Like Heath just said, she had her own apartment. She bought herself a car. But Kira had also been dating a serious boyfriend, Joshua, or Josh Simmons, who also worked for the Postal Service. And they had been together for six years, or since she was around 20 years old when they met. And on Kira's Facebook, it actually states that they were engaged. And Kira's mother, Karen, spoke kindly of Josh as if he was a part of the family, especially since, you know, the family had known him for six years as well. And she remembers him as a decent man and a good match for her daughter. So Karen said of him, quote, He just had manners, never raised his voice. I always gave him the benefit of the doubt. However, their relationship like most of them, had not been perfect. Despite how long they'd been dating and just the seriousness of their partnership, Josh had been unfaithful to Kiera on multiple occasions and even had children with three other women that resulted from him cheating on Kiera, one of whom was pregnant at the same time as Kiera was. I mean, to be honest, that is not... Not the attributes of a good man or uh, a good partner. I would fully agree with you. And it, it's extra sticky that another woman was pregnant via Josh at the same time that Kiera was. So let's remember that during the rest of this story. So in general, the two, Kiera and Josh, always worked things out and found their way back to each other. But the same could not be said for Kiera's relationship with the mothers of Josh's children. 
Karen reported later in an interview that shortly before her daughter's disappearance, Kiera had a conflict with one of Josh's baby mothers that was bad enough that it resulted in her deciding that Kiera could no longer come near her house for any reason. And I mean, this is sad because obviously it seems like Kiera really deserved better than this, better than to be cheated on multiple times by a man she loved, and then for him to have kids with three other women and then get her pregnant, especially since she was still so young, but she did want to settle down and had reportedly felt like she and Josh were in a good place and that she could handle his past infidelities. I mean, it definitely makes the whole situation a lot harder. Yeah, especially in regards to her disappearance, as we will discuss. Well, because the lovely Kira really wanted this to work out and felt like it could, all the women and Josh would need to sort out how they were going to peacefully co-parent. But other than that hiccup, Kira and Josh seemed to be thrilled to be starting a new family together. According to her mom, Karen, Kira had been working for years to become financially stable and independent enough to provide for a growing family, and she had even just moved into her own apartment like we mentioned. Her ultimate goal was just to be able to provide for her family. Also, according to Karen, Kira was thrilled about this new journey and was so excited to become a mom. Although she had yet to find out the gender that they were expecting, Karen claimed Kira was sure that it was a boy and that, if it was, she had her heart set on the name Joshua Jr. She stated, quote, Kira was going to name the baby a junior. She always said that. If it's a boy, she'll name him a junior. The baby was due on April 23rd, 2019. Kiera's new apartment was near the intersection of 81st Street and Vernon Avenue in the East Chatham neighborhood of Chicago, about a 12-minute drive west from the post office at which she worked. On Tuesday, October 2nd, 2018, fall was officially in swing and just painted this bustling Illinois city with orange and yellow. It was a cloudy and chilly day when Kiera, who was about six months away from giving birth, excitedly called her mom while shopping for baby supplies. Regarding this phone call, Karen stated, quote, She was just so excited. She didn't even know what to get. But the next day, Karen didn't hear from her daughter, which, as we said, was not common for this mother-daughter duo, as they were in consistent contact, especially at a time like this when Kiera was pregnant. Karen called Kiera, but kept getting her voicemail and just assumed that she was working since she did have two jobs after all. Karen also contacted the post office to see if she had been at work that day, but was told Kiera had called out sick. When Karen questioned the employee who took the call, they claimed that whoever called had sounded like Kiera. So this is the first red flag for her mom. And for this employee to say they sounded like Kiera, as if there was any sort of idea that it wasn't her, is very spooky. Yeah, I definitely agree. And, you know, wouldn't you think that this employee would maybe even obviously know what Kira's voice sounded like. Yeah, you would imagine. Yeah, so this is very strange. It's very strange, but of course her mom is questioning this because she was surprised that Kira hadn't told her that she was sick herself. Like, it just wasn't like her. Yeah, she probably would have called her mom and said that, hey, I wasn't feeling good, especially since we stated she was pregnant. Right, but this is just so weird because she didn't hear from Kira at all that day, and now suddenly she's sick, and there's this question of, well, was that Kira on the phone? 
So by Thursday, October 4th, 2018, two days since she last heard from her daughter, Karen had a feeling that something was just not right. And on one side, you know, Karen may be thinking, well, if she's sick, maybe she's sleeping more than usual or just resting. And that's why I haven't heard from her. So it does make sense why Karen hadn't pushed the matter, you know, despite feeling a bit weird about it all. Yeah, that that definitely makes sense. Um, But after two days of silence, she decided to just drive by Kira's apartment to check on her herself and saw that her car was still parked out front, but she wasn't answering the door. And on top of this, she still was not answering her phone. So she once again contacted the post office and learned that Kiera had not reported to work that day, meaning that she didn't call in sick like she supposedly had done the previous day. She just didn't show up to work at all. At this point, Karen felt even more concerned about this whole situation, So she contacted the police and asked that they do a wellness check. She also called Kira's boyfriend, Josh, and asked if he had seen or spoken to her, to which he responded that he had not. And for those wondering, it doesn't really seem like they live together. So although they were expecting a baby together and they were dating or possibly engaged, it's also possible that they have gone a couple of days without seeing each other just because they are not in the same residence. Totally. And... You know, this still doesn't look good for Josh because considering they work together, he probably would have heard about her calling out or noticed her not there, even if they were out, you know, dropping off letters and packages in the city separately. Yeah, you would imagine. Right. But it still seems odd to me that he would just say that he hadn't seen her like the mother of his unborn child, particularly if she hadn't reached out and he knew that she was sick, which just makes you wonder if he knew more than he's leading on but we will get into that. Well, what's interesting here is that, like, you're right. If if she's calling out sick or she's not showing up to work, instead of just saying, no, I haven't heard from her, you would expect someone to be like, oh my God, no, I haven't heard from, like, what what's going on? Can yes. I help? Should I, what should I do? So true, but there was no, like, fire under his ass about this at all. Like, he was just like, nope, I haven't seen her. Exactly. Didn't seem to care, as we will get into as well. So police did conduct the wellness check that Karen had requested, and it revealed an empty apartment with no sign of Kiera, even though her car was sitting outside. I know all of you guys love listening to thrilling stories, so why not check out some thriller audiobooks on Audible? That is all I've been doing lately when I'm cooking, cleaning, or driving, because Audible includes an incredible selection of audiobooks across every genre. And they have thousands of podcasts from popular favorites, like ours, that you guys can listen to. As an Audible member, you can choose one title a month to keep from their entire catalog, including the latest bestsellers and new releases. And on top of that, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. With Audible, the time is now more than ever to embrace the breathtaking, sinister, and shocking tales that have enthralled you, especially with brand new exclusive thrillers from best-selling authors who are guaranteed to keep you gripped. And I am very much gripped in the audiobook that I'm listening to now on Audible of The Drowning Woman. It is so good. New members can try Audible free for 30 days. Visit audible.com slash going west or text going west to 500 500. That's audible.com slash going west or text going west to 500 500. 
We know you guys love a good mystery, especially one with twists and turns. Am I right? This is why you guys are going to love June's journey. Step into the role of June Parker while she tries to uncover the mystery of her sister's murder in the roaring 1920s. In this hidden object mystery game, put your detective skills to the test. While you're on this quest to uncover a scandalous hidden family secret, you can customize your very own luxurious estate island and let your imagination run wild. Daphne and I actually love to play this game together because you can chat with and play with or against other players by joining a detective club. You'll even get the chance to play in a detective league to put your skills to the test. It is truly so much fun. You guys are going to love it. So what do you think? Can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. With this information, Chicago PD officially opened a missing persons case for 26-year-old Kiera Coles, which I'm so glad they did because as we talk about in a lot of our episodes for adults, a lot of the times they're like, oh, they can do whatever the hell they want. Doesn't typically always go down that way. But this, I'm glad they saw that this was suspicious. And considering she was missing, police also did a search of her apartment and both Karen and Josh were there when her home was searched. Karen stated, quote, he said he hadn't seen her, which I found out was a lie. This is regarding Josh. Homicide detective Will Sviller, who has been with Kira's case since the beginning, said, quote, he gave us some conflicting accounts wasn't consistent on some of the statements, and then didn't want to talk to us. So although Josh possessed no prior criminal record, suspicions against him were mounting. Law enforcement canvassed the neighborhood asking for surveillance footage and came across multiple sightings of Kiera. It appeared that Kiera had arrived home with her groceries on the afternoon of Tuesday, October 2nd, 2018, which was the day that she had gone out to buy some baby stuff and talked to her mom on the phone for the last time. The next sighting came from surveillance footage from another apartment building on Kiera's block and appeared to show Kiera and Josh leaving her apartment together and getting into Kiera's car on the evening of October 2nd. The next time they were seen was later that night at a nearby Walgreens, meaning that they had likely been running errands or just been out together doing other things until they were spotted at Walgreens. The 24-hour Walgreens located at 8628 South Cottage Grove Avenue was just a five-minute drive from Kiara's house. It appeared from the footage that Kiara had been driving her own car with Josh in the passenger seat, although there are also reports that they left her house in separate vehicles, so this part is a little bit cloudy though it would be great to know what the truth really is for speculation purposes. But it does seem like they drove together because at 10.43 p.m. that evening, while Josh waited in the car, Kiera withdrew $400 from her bank account at the Citibank ATM inside Walgreens. Footage then shows her handing the cash over to Josh. And this was very shocking to Karen who claimed, quote, I didn't understand why she would be taking out $400 because she's really cautious with spending. Specifically, since she had become pregnant, Kiera had been really careful with her money, wanting to be completely prepared for when the baby came along. The next footage that police were able to locate didn't show Kiera at all. 
but her car made an appearance. At 11.45 p.m., so one hour after she withdrew $400 from the ATM in her local Walgreens, surveillance footage from another home on Kiera Street showed her car being driven by an unidentified man, then parked down the street. Strangely, the man exited her car from the passenger side, not the driver's side. Detective Will Sviller weighed in on why he thought this was, quote, I can only speculate. It's not like you're opening a car door in traffic. My speculation is he's staging the seat. While the footage wasn't close enough to tell, it's most likely that the man driving Kiera's car back to her apartment without Kiera was the man that she had left with, her boyfriend and the father of her child, Joshua Simmons. So where was Kiera and what happened in that last hour since she had been spotted on camera? And remember guys, like she lives five hours or five hours, five minutes away yeah. from this Walgreens. She's extremely close. So they could have gone somewhere else too, but for, for her to not get out of that car is really weird. Absolutely. And video shows the man exiting her car and then walking to another car parked on the street and then driving away in it. So it was pretty obvious that he had planted her car in that spot. Definitely. So a search of Kiera's car days later revealed her phone, the prenatal vitamins that she had been taking, and a lunch that she had packed, presumably for the day that she had gone missing. Right, so anybody who's wondering, was there any evidence of anything in her car? Like, was there blood found in her car, anything like that? As far as they've released, no. At least not yet. So when Josh, the only person of interest in this case, was questioned, he feigned ignorance and denied involvement. But Kiera's loved ones became increasingly unsettled by this as the days passed. Karen's suspicions were raised even more when he became less and less helpful. Like, we get it that you have other women and children in your life, but to not care about the search for Kiera still doesn't click no, even with that. not at all. Like, they were trying to settle down together. This is someone he supposedly cared about and loved. So if you're innocent, why aren't you helping? In the days following Kiera's disappearance, Karen was passing out missing persons flyers, getting the word out, speaking with police and local news stations, and begging for any information regarding her missing daughter. But Josh was nowhere to be found. Karen said this, quote, I can't understand. You dated my daughter for six years. I took you to be a decent guy. You work and go to church, and now my daughter is pregnant and missing, and you do nothing? But Josh's behavior became especially questionable when investigators learned that he had moved to another state. Sometimes Daphne and I are doing research for Going West, and we subscribe to different newspapers from all around the country, and then we forget to unsubscribe. But that's exactly why we love Rocket Money. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills so that you can grow your savings. You'll be able to see all of your subscriptions in one place, and if you see something you don't like, Rocket Money can help you cancel it in just a few taps. It is seriously that easy. 
And that's why Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has saved a total of $500 million in canceled subscriptions, saving members up to $740 a year when using all of the app's features. Stop wasting money on things that you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash going west. That's rocketmoney.com slash going west. rocketmoney.com slash going west. As true crime listeners, you're aware of the dangers out there in the world. So why not keep your home as safe and secure as possible? Daphne and I do this by using Simply Safe. For award-winning security and peace of mind wherever your summer plans take you. When we get ready for our summer trips this year, I will feel so much better about leaving the house knowing that Simply Safe has our back, just freeing me from my constant anxieties. And also something I love is that their system blankets your entire home in protection from break-ins to fires to floods. And with indoor and outdoor cameras to choose from, you will feel safe any time of day or night. And Simply Safe is backed by 24-7 professional monitoring agents to help stop crimes in real time. Which is part of why they were named the best home security system of 2024. Simply Safe has given us and so many listeners real peace of mind, and we want you to have it too. Right now, get 20% off of any new Simply Safe system with fast protect monitoring at simplysafe.com slash going west. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Heath and I are major sufferers of seasonal allergies. They are the worst. It can even be difficult to host this show when our noses are all clogged up. We have tried brand after brand, but luckily, for those of us who live with symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. And big shout out to Claritin for supporting this show and providing us with samples. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so that you can breathe better. I feel like I sneeze all day long. I always have an itchy face, but now I can actually go outside in the grass and not have a sneeze attack or be stuffed up thanks to Claritin D. Are you ready to live as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so that you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. Before that break, we learned that Josh moved to a different state shortly after Kiara went missing, which is one of my biggest red flags for We cases. talk about it all the time, yes. It's huge. So Karen claims that in the days following her daughter going missing, Josh was unhelpful and apathetic, like showing no interest in her disappearance at all, and he eventually stopped responding to her or talking to her altogether. But most suspicious of all, shortly after her disappearance, Josh wound up moving to Louisiana with one of the mothers of his other children. 
And this makes him look even worse that he's already moving over to one of his other baby's mothers. Like he's moving on from Kira so fast. Yeah, extremely quickly. But that's not the only crazy suspicious thing here. Well, also really quick for those who don't know U.S. geography well, Louisiana is like 900 miles away from Chicago or about 1,500 kilometers and three to four states away depending on your route. So this wasn't a close move. Like he was gone. He was out of there. And referring to what Heath is talking about. Yeah, get this. He allegedly changed his name on all social media platforms, and a local Chicago news station was still able to obtain an address for him, but he didn't respond to inquiries sent on Kira's behalf. So now he's trying to, like, hide himself on the internet and just be in a completely different area, like, go completely under the radar. Yeah, you moved, and then you also changed your name. So suspicious. And there wasn't anything that anyone, Karen, or even the police department handling her daughter's case could really do, given that even if Josh was the man driving her car that night, sorry, there was no evidence connecting him to foul play involving Kiera. According to Chicago police, who remained very hush-hush about the details of the case in the weeks following her disappearance, a person of interest, get this, visited Kiera's apartment on October 3rd, the day after she was last seen. And they let themselves into her apartment and emerged with several items from inside in hand. While police wouldn't name the person of interest publicly, Detective Sviller said, quote, This person we're referring to is not a stranger. The person has access all the time. And although Karen hasn't even been given this information, she remains sure that this person was none other than Josh Simmons. And I mean, it has to be. Like, who else would have access to her apartment? And who was last seen with her and returned without her and planted her car? Probably Josh. I don't want to say definitely Josh because, I mean, we're going to say allegedly here, but I mean, come on. Yeah, allegedly it was Josh. And what's disappointing here, though, is they must not be releasing his name considering or not not releasing his name. We know his name, but they must not be saying that it's him in this instance because we don't have a body in the case or anything that can prove that she isn't alive and out there somewhere, even though we can surely assume that the police have a good theory on what happened to her in some way. Yeah. And you have to expect the fact that the fact that Kiera never contacted her mom again. Nope. No nope, way. There's no way. And had a baby on her own? No. Absolutely not. However, in the early days of the investigation, a video of someone believed to be Kiara Coles on the morning of Wednesday, October 3rd, 2018, surfaced, throwing the official police timeline off completely. At 11.45 a.m., a young woman who resembles Kiara appeared to walk down Kiara Street wearing a postal worker uniform. On the tape, this woman walks past Kiera's car and gets into a different car down the street. And this footage was pulled from a neighbor's home surveillance camera. According to NBC Chicago reporter Regina Waldrip, quote, A woman calls down to me and says her husband has video. He's saying, there she is walking down the street. You see her and she's in her postal uniform and that's her. That's her. She claimed that at that time, it seemed like a major break in the case because it was evidence that Kiara hadn't disappeared until the next day and could point to new suspects or vehicles being involved. However, Karen knew better. 
The video was sent to her as well, and she says that she watched it a dozen times. She said, quote, It's a mother thing. You know your child. That's not her walk. She was a little bit smaller and a little bit shorter. But when Karen went down to the police station the following day to alert the detectives that she didn't believe that it was Kiera on the footage, she was told to keep quiet. According to Karen, quote, He says, don't tell anybody that's not your daughter. She said detectives told her that they believed that it was actually footage of a female neighbor who lived down the street from Kiera and also happened to work for the post office. But police continued to circulate the video claiming it was Kiera Coles. It just feels to me like because they don't have anything, it makes them look bad. So because because they're circulating this video, that's one thing that they can hang on and say, oh, well, we have we have a little bit here. We've got a little bit of something. But it's like at the end of the day, you really have nothing. Right. And this is what Karen added to her previous quote. Quote, I didn't say anything because I didn't want to mess up the case. So she's being very respectful. You know, she's not trying to screw up anything or ruin anything for them by saying publicly that that's not her daughter yet. But she's also like, that's not my daughter. Like, why are we wasting time on this video? And she wondered if there had been like an investigative reason that she wasn't privy to for keeping the ruse going publicly, but she just didn't know why. And this is such a, such a creepy detail to me. Like, it also doesn't make sense that it would be her in her uniform considering she allegedly called out sick that day. So why did the police want people to believe it was her? Yeah, what's the relevance of that? Yeah, I mean, it could be what you're saying. Like, they just... I don't know. It, it's just weird that they're admitting, yeah, we know that's not her, but don't tell anybody. Why? Yeah, I, I don't get that. And uh, it's so weird. Like, maybe there's some, like, strange angle that I'm just not getting here. But to tell the mother of Kiera that, hey, don't tell anybody that that's not your daughter, that just seems very suspicious to me. Yeah, it's very weird. I understand that as investigators, they have to keep certain things on the lowdown, they can't sure. release certain information publicly, but why would you want people to believe she's alive on a certain day if you feel like she's not? Yeah, I just don't get it. It's weird. Yeah, and you know, Karen really didn't understand this either, so she just stayed quiet about the incident on the advice of detectives, but ultimately decided to speak out about it when there was no movement in the case for three years. In February of 2021, Karen came to the media and revealed that the woman in the video was not her daughter, and that detectives on the case had been silencing her. She stated, quote, Now I have nothing to lose. I mean, it's been two years, and you have come up with nothing. Chicago PD have yet to confirm that the video from October 3rd is not Kiera Coles, and I don't know why they would not confirm this if Karen is. And while suspicions still lie with Joshua Simmons, no evidence tying him to the disappearance have ever been found. Here's another quote from Karen. Quote, I never pointed fingers at him in the beginning, but now all this time has passed. I haven't heard anything from him since the day police went to do the wellness check. I haven't seen him around town, nothing. He must have something to do with it in this. Some even speculate that Josh's child's mother, with whom he moved to Louisiana with, was the one who placed the sick call to the post office on behalf of Kiera on the day that she disappeared, and that she may also be the one who could be seen on security footage 
at the ATM, in Kiera's neighborhood, or perhaps even both. Karen continues to implore Josh to be honest about what happened that night. She said in a recent interview, quote, I want to say, I know you know something. You know what happened. You don't know the pain that I feel not knowing what's going on with my child. I wish you would come forward and tell us what really happened to her. And regarding the surveillance footage of her in Walgreens, we did post that on our socials. And I just want to know if Karen thinks this is her because Heath just mentioned that some people think that maybe it's not her withdrawing the $400 from the ATM. So it's Walgreens footage and it shows her walking into the store and approaching one of the Citibank ATMs that's right by the store's entrance. It's a black and white video. And it's not great quality, nor is it close up, but you can still tell that it's a young woman who appears to be wearing leggings, possibly like it looks like a, like a zip up hoodie, running shoes, high white socks up to her calves and a hat or a beanie of some sort. But this whole thing could probably just be cleared up by matching her outfit with other footage of her from that day or evening though police have yet to publicly confirm this either. But I feel like it probably is her or this would be speculated more heavily. And I think Karen would have come out and said, this is not my daughter. Yeah, I mean... Like she did with the other uh, video. Right, and I understand that the video is black and white, but you still would be able to tell that it's her if you actually did know her. Right, so I do think this is her and then it just is a question of why did she give Josh $400? You know, what's that about and is it relevant? So the handling of this case by the Chicago Police Department garnered criticism from the beginning, with many people agreeing that Kira's case wasn't getting the attention and manpower that it deserved. And although Karen's mother has shown frustration with Chicago PD themselves, she's also expressed extreme frustration with the media's lack of concern in particular. The Black and Missing Foundation, who specializes in amplifying cases of missing black people, got involved for this very reason. Derricka Wilson, who is the co-founder of the foundation, said, quote, We can all say the names Natalie Holloway, Lacey Peterson, Chandra Levy, Kaylee Anthony, Elizabeth Smart, but not one person can name a missing black or brown male or female who has garnered mainstream media. Not one. The foundation was opened in 2008 by Derricka Wilson and Nicole Wilson after 24-year-old Tamika Huston vanished from her home in Spartanburg, South Carolina, where Derricka is from. In 2004, the year that Tamika disappeared, Tamika's family had to beg for her to get any sort of media attention. So their website reads, quote, Tamika's case attracted little to no media coverage among Jennifer Wilbanks, Lacey Peterson, and Natalie Holloway, white women who all went missing around the same time and whose names dominated the mainstream media. The Black and Missing Foundation seeks to bring attention to the over 240,000 people of color reported missing each year. They, along with the U.S. Postal Inspection Service, Chicago Police Department, the National Association of Letter Carriers, Labor Union, and now the FBI, are all involved in the search for Kiera Coles. Again, without a body or any clear evidence that she was met with foul play, despite it seeming so obvious that she was with the video footage in question, the police are in a tough position moving forward only really working with circumstantial evidence. But we can only hope that more tips can come in, 
and justice can finally be served for Kiera and her loving family. The U.S. Postal Inspection Service started a hotline for information related to Kiera's case and is also offering a $25,000 reward on top of the reward from the police department. A statement they issued read, quote, Postal inspectors have tracked down and vetted nearly 400 leads across the country. We cannot begin to imagine the level of pain, grief, and frustration felt by Ms. Cole's family, friends, and community. Anyone with any information is urged to call the U.S. Postal Inspection Service at 1-877-876-2455. And tips can also be sent to the Chicago Police Department via cpdtip.com. Both are completely anonymous. Kira Coles was 5 feet 4 inches tall, weighed 125 pounds, and had black hair and brown eyes. She had multiple tattoos, including a jaguar on her back, phrases written on her chest and wrist, a heart on her hand, and the words Lucky Libra, which is her star sign, on her back. Her ears are also pierced. Kira has asthma and was not believed to have her inhaler with her. Both Kira's family and the detectives handling her case still wonder how and why this happened to her. Detective Will Sviller said, quote, She's living a great life. She's going to have a baby. She's gainfully employed. She's an upstanding citizen who is living a nice life who all of a sudden disappears. I think the last time we see Kiera, she's unfortunately not alive much longer after that. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening to this episode of Going West. Yes, thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. And on Tuesday, we'll have an all-new case for you guys to dive into. I really don't believe that she called in sick that that day. I, I think that it was a way for Josh to, like, buy some time. And I think he and his girlfriend did something to her so that they could go off together and he didn't have to be involved or expected to support he and Kiera's child. Yeah, I mean... To be honest, like I hate to I hate to put too much speculation out there, and obviously this is just our opinion, but I I really don't see it any other way other than the fact that you know Josh left the state, he changed his name, Kiera was pregnant with his baby, like too many things are adding up that just uh, I don't know. And he so quickly moved on to somebody else that he had already cheated on Kiera with, so it seems like he was not serious about their relationship, and he was just trying to get out of it. And he did it in the worst way that you possibly can. That is my personal belief. I'm sure a lot of you guys agree with that. But we'd love to hear what you think about this case and every other case we cover. Uh, head on over to our socials at um, Going West Podcast on Instagram. We're on Twitter at Going West Pod. And we're also on Facebook. Yeah, so definitely make sure you go and follow those. And uh, check out the, the photos and the videos from this case and many others. Also, thank you guys so much for leaving us reviews, for giving us nice feedback. We really appreciate that as well. Yes, love to have you guys here. Thank you for sharing the show as well. That's a huge thing for not only us, but for the cases we cover to help get other people to listen to them and hopefully bring answers to cases. And, uh, you know, let us keep doing the show. All right, guys. So for everybody out there in the world, don't be a stranger. Don't be a stranger.